Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Today we're going to talk about a hurt that we've all experienced to some degree and probably for the most part found our way out of, at least to some degree. Something that we might call displacement. You have probably moved from one town or to another or one school to another, one job to another, one marriage to another maybe even one country to another. Moving from familiar surroundings of what we usually call home to some strange place causes feelings of disorientation and uncertainty. This is a challenge that requires psychological flexibility to be able to adjust to these new surroundings and create a new life. Post-traumatic stress syndrome is about 10 times higher for refugees than in the general population. In 2002, the U.S. Committee for Refugees estimated that there were about 14.9 million refugees and about 22 million internally displaced persons in the world. In an even more recent report called the Disaster Report by the International Red Cross, more than 70 million people in the world are so-called forced migrants. This is more than one in every 100 of world citizens who are displaced by either conflict, political upheaval, violence, disasters, but also by climate change and development projects. Unfortunately, most of these migrants will be permanently displaced. This international crisis, which is escalating, has been developing over the last 60 years as organized political violence has increasingly targeted civilian populations. The Red Cross has calculated a cost to the international community for this forced migration to be about 8 billion U.S. dollars a year. Now, who are these refugees? They're men, women, and children from virtually every income level and living arrangement. And as refugees, they've often left behind their livelihood, their communities, and most of their possessions. And although a large number of these individuals adjust very well, many suffer significant psychological distress as a result to their exposure to traumatic events and hardships associated with a life as a refugee. Today you're going to get a chance to talk to a psychologist who works daily 
at the Swedish Red Cross Center for Victims of War and Torture in Uppsala, Sweden. We're going to learn about who these refugees are, what kind of problems they have, and how acceptance and commitment therapy can be helpful. You can read more about the Red Cross by clicking the Red Cross name on this week's episode. And you can be, read more about Nicholas Muller, who is our guest today, psychologist, by writing to him on his email, also by clicking on his name on this week's episode of Taking Her to Hope. Remember that acceptance and commitment therapy has three parts. Opening up to what you're feeling and thinking, becoming aware that you are not what you're thinking and feeling, but always greater, and getting actively involved in valued living. So I'm going to give you a special welcome, Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Good. Nicholas, uh, this is a very hard job that you have, and I'm sure it's very very difficult and very complex. What got you interested in working with this complex group of people that we might call displaced people? It has always been important for me to feel that what I do is important. So it was natural for me to, to choose working with people that really are in need, that struggle, and refugees is one of the most vulnerable groups in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, helping people in a vulnerable situation—that was something that was felt that's meaningful for you. Yes, very. And uh, well, I'm kind—I'm from a kind of a rough neighborhood in Sweden. And when I grew up, I, I always had a feeling that I had to fight symbolically. So maybe I, I identify with people who struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's maybe that's drawn me to it. Okay, so struggling people is something that's very inspiring to be able to to help. Yes. So, so tell me, Nicholas, who are these people uh, who who come to you for therapy at the Red Cross? I see refugees who have been traumatized in war zones by torture, traumatized by violence on a state government level or traumatized during the escape to Sweden. And where do they come from? Most of them come from Afghanistan today, but a lot from Somalia and Syria, Iraq. And some of them who come, they live without papers here in Sweden. What do you you mean by without papers? Well, they are what we would call illegal here. They do not have a permission to stay, mm-hmm. uh, so they're hiding in our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are these young people or older people or what ages? Well, it differs. It's uh, between 13, 14 and up. But I, but I also see people who are seeking asylum here. Or, or have permission to stay, and even people who have lived in Sweden for a very long time and are Swedish citizens today. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so are there, I know that you see a lot of young people, what we call unaccompanied minors, young people who come here 
as refugees come by themselves. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. 60% or maybe 70% of the patients I meet, they are minors. Mm. And most of them are boys. Okay. If if we were to talk about these, these young people uh, who yeah. come alone, what, what type of problems do they have? Well, a lot of them have reaction to post to to traumatize situation, what we call post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, many have problems to adjust to a new situation mm. here in a new country. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have problems with anxiety, depression, shame, mm. grief, mm-hmm. loneliness and hopelessness. Mm. That sounds hard. Um, so how would you... Um, how would you see this uh, from uh, from an ACT perspective? Well, I would look at it from the three processes, processes in ACT. Uh, opening it up to thoughts and feelings. In general, refugees are actively avoiding feelings in different ways. And my first job is to help them to open up and experience this what they're feeling and thinking at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And another process is to become aware. Mm-hmm. You know, as I help refugees open up and just feel what he feels. Mm-hmm. I need to help him become aware of the sensation he feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they come and go in the body and to observe thoughts, how they come and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, thoughts and sensation can never overpower him, but uh, they look very scary when they are there. So mm-hmm. this is a, a hard situation for the patient. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. It's very, very difficult. And, and when you say never overpower, you mean that some of these thoughts can be uh, very scary, but uh, you help them become aware that he is not his thought, but he can himself bigger than his thought. Exactly. He have his thoughts. He is not his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so opening up and becoming aware. Yeah. And what else? <clears throat> it's also very important to engage, to actively engaging. So no matter how difficult the sensation is, a person can always move in a value direction. There is always some move in that direction that is possible. For example, uh, you can ask, is it possible to be still and feel the sun on your face and enjoy it no matter what? Or is it possible to smile and say hello to the person sitting next to you no matter how you feel? Mm-hmm. So when you are in need of building a new life, you really need to start by engaging in valued activities right here and right now. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that really makes sense, Nicholas. And I know that, that, that these people that come to you uh, have been under extreme situation. This is an extreme challenge that um, they're meeting. And in acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, acceptance is a, a main part. Could you explain What's the meaning of acceptance for, for these young people who have been through these tragic situations? In act, we say, accept what you cannot change and change what you can change. 
This is a, a huge challenge for refugees who have lost nearly everything, everything that is valuable, family, jobs, community, language. Mm. And most, most refugees deal with this anxiety caused by the loss, by what we call rumination. Mm -hmm. uh, this means that they get lost in repetitive thoughts. Why me? This is not fair. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. These thoughts create bitterness and stuckness and gets in the way of the hard work of creating a new life. So what does acceptance mean there when, when they come with bitterness and maybe hatred in their hearts for what had happened? What? How do you work with acceptance there? Yeah. Well, acceptance means making room for the hurt of the loss of these thoughts. Uh, without engaging in the thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, to get a little distance from it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's also very important with self-compassion. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So, so you mean that um, uh, one of these young boys who has has uh, experienced violence and that uh, when you say self compassion, would that almost be a way of um, a sort of forgiving yourself, like for the boy forgiving himself or leaving uh, his family or leaving the country? Yeah, that that can be it can be very important if there is a lot of guilt, for example. Mm -hmm. I look in the refrigerator and I see a lot of food, but I know my mother doesn't have food in Somalia, for example. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, self-compassion would be a way of of um, of, for, of forgiving the situation that you're in that that you did you did the best you could uh, by leaving at that point, and now you can. Uh, Except, do the best even towards your family by by accepting this your situation today. Yes, yes, yes. That you have to keep on taking care of yourself, like you did when you did this horrible trip. Many people do. Yeah. What about uh, values? Is also a um, a key process in act. How how can how do you work with values, or how do you see values in this type of situation for these young refugees? In fact, values is something which is constant, you know, regardless of how life conditions change. So, valuing family or valuing healthy activities like exercise and eating well, valuing friends or personal development, these are values which on a higher level stay the same regardless of your condition. Mm -hmm. So when conditions change, like when you lose your country, your family, your friends, you need to continue to express your values. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you will need to find other ways to do this in this new situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A person who stops expressing his values will become depressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, so you're saying that um, uh, by expressing values, regardless of of the particular form, so a person who says, uh, "I have no friends. My friends are in Somalia," uh, will yeah. become depressed if they don't 
find new friends because friends is something that is very, very important. Human contact, interaction, being a part of a gang, that, that is something that is universally of value regardless of where you are. Yes. Yes, I would say that. Yes. And if you don't do it, uh, you, you're losing, uh, well, what we would call uh, contact with life that, that will lead to depression if you, if you cut that off. Yes, life will become more and more hopeless and meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so that that would I mean all of us, in, to some degree, have the same problem when we move from one place to another. That we we also have to recreate our lives. But for people who are, they've, it's such a radical difference. It's changing languages, changing cultures. Uh, and and if they hang on to the way life was before in that particular form, they're going to have a lot of trouble creating or expressing their values. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, all these thoughts on how it should be will get in the way of creating a new life, creating new relationships, and getting in contact with things that on a higher level are important for you as a human being. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And and uh, Nicholas, do you have any example of um, any particular person that you're thinking of that where you've done these things? Yeah, well, what comes to mind? I'm thinking of a patient from Afghanistan, mm-hmm. a fifteen a fifteen year old boy who were here all by himself. He had a history of witnessing a lot of violence and he had a big problem sleeping at night because of nightmares Mm -hmm. where he saw Taliban beat his father up. Mm -hmm. So a big problem for him was that he worried for his mother and sister, Mm -hmm. which which he had lost contact with. He Mm -hmm. hadn't talked to them for several months. Mm -hmm. So he dealt with this by worrying, you know, and mm-hmm. withdraw from other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he told me he didn't want others to see he was in pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we did was to, to practice during sessions to be open up to these feelings. Mm-hmm. And eventually he could make some space to both have this painful feeling of worry, and be around other people at the same time so you could make social contacts here in the new society. Okay. So if you were to look at your treatment there, uh, you both helped him to open up to the guilt he was feeling. Yeah. And um, the pain of losing his father. And at the same time, expressing his values by uh, going towards other people and trying to create a social network for himself here. Yes, yes. So, so that he could get some uh, meaningful relationships in his life and get the feeling that he was in in the direction that he wanted to live. Mm-hmm. He want, because you must remember going on this trip to to Sweden is a very dangerous trip and there uh, are a lot of hopes and 
uh, and wishes before this trip starts. Mm-hmm. So, and w- when he come here, he was totally absorbed about his worrying. Mm-hmm. So, by learn to open up to this feeling, he could could continue what he had started right back in Afghanistan. Okay, that sense. So he gets in, into contact with that value that he had earlier. Did he have other symptoms of um, of this violence that he'd experienced? Well, he had post traumatic stress disorder, so he was. Uh, during days and during nights, he was haunted by these memories and thoughts. And in the beginning, he were very avoidant of this. He had big problems tolerate the anxiety when this thought come. Of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could imagine that's much be very hard to to have um, uh, nightmares or symptoms of when you've seen violence to your parents and uh, this is certainly no simple thing to deal with no and for uh, for Af- boys from Afghanistan uh, the oldest boy in the family if the father had passed away uh, he is the man of the family mm-hmm. so he had these thoughts that he was responsible for his family, his mother and sister, who still was in this dangerous area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really difficult. Very difficult, and and maybe there were things that he could he could do. He could keep that responsibility and act in responsible ways towards his mother and sister in the situation. He could move in that direction, even though he was here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, in fact, we used his uh, mother uh, during the sessions uh, by letting him uh, uh, figure out what his mother would say to him mm-hmm. if she were there. Mm-hmm. What what do she want him to do? What's important in this situation? So, so he could continue to create the life she never could give him in mm-hmm. Afghanistan, and still, of course, worry. Mm, of course, of course. Yeah. Nicholas, that, that, I appreciate you tell, talking to us about these very difficult um, refugee young people. And if if we have radio listeners, which I sure, I'm sure we do right now, that, that have similar feelings of feeling displaced um, or disoriented because of some transition in their lives, what advice would you as a psychologist give our listeners? Well, any new situation going to cause anxiety. And, uh, and that's okay. It's okay to feel that. But if you feel that you get overwhelmed by this anxiety, I think it's important to reach out for other for other people and ask for help. Mm-hmm. That sounds like good advice, Nicholas. Well, yeah, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you for inviting me. You have been listening to Nicholas Muller, who is a psychologist at the Swedish Red Cross Center for Victims of War and Torture in Uppsala, Sweden. Uh, you can read more about what the International Red Cross does uh, with 
uh, war and torture victims uh, by clicking on the name on this week's episode. And you can also contact Nicholas on his email by clicking on his name on this week's episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope on webtalkradio.net. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain, Values in Action, and Epilepsy, a Behavior Medicine Approach to Assessment and Treatment in Children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to Amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.